Amen. Good to see you this morning. Good morning to you. How's everybody? Y'all look good. Amen. Y'all say something back to me. Say you look all right yourself. <laughs> Don't be scared. Y'all look good. Amen. Family and friends day to day. We're thankful to God for family and friends who have joined us today. You're in the house and you brought a family member or friend. They're with you today. Raise your hand real quick. All right, so we got some people who brought some people. We're thankful to God for you. We'll acknowledge those persons a little bit later during the service. And we're praying that any first-time guests in the house, that, you know, that if you're seeking a church home, you know, just, just get connected. If, and also fill out the Connect card for us that we indicated on the video so that we can reach out to you, invite you back, express appreciation for your being here. Amen? Habakkuk 317. Let's read it together. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Give God some praise. You, if you think about this text, he says, don't have no figs, nothing blossoming, nothing har no harvest available. I'm hungry, I'm needy, I'm lacking, I'm impoverished. Amen? Amen. No food, been cut off. You know, don't feel like I'm part of the flock, but I will rejoice in the Lord. Praise God. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Why? Because God always comes through. And God says that I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed, her seed, begging bread. So you're going to provide. It's a, just a season of lack. It will not continue. That's the faith and resolve that we have. Let's give God some praise for his word. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Starting a new series of messages I, uh, today entitled... Uh, am I really a rejoicer? Amen, somebody. Hmm. Hey, Pastor, you're really coming at us today, huh? Yeah, this series is coming at us. Because that's, 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 that's our moniker. That's our handle. We say that we are what? Rejoicers. Who are you? Rejoicers. Praise God. You know, we kind of branded that and uh, you know, those first few days when we started this church nearly 15 years ago, you know, we were in the Plaza Theater, and we were talking about rejoicing. Amen, somebody. Amen. A new ministry being birthed, and we were thinking about, you know, what should that person look like? Amen. And God led us uh, to name the ministry after, a, a, you know, some f a familiar theme throughout Scripture about rejoicing in the Lord. Amen? And I envisioned something as God birthed that name in our spirits. I envisioned something. Amen? I envisioned rejoicers being birthed. Amen? You say, well, what about Christians? Well, yeah, Christians, but a certain brand of Christian. Amen, somebody. 
because I had been exposed to other brands <laughs> of Christians. Amen, somebody. Yeah. So what we wanted to birth was a unique Christian. Amen. A Christian that was biblically centered, biblically grounded. Amen. And a Christian that was, if you will, enthusiastic about their faith. Aren't you tired of dry Christianity? Amen. The frozen chosen. Amen. You know, meandering in the maze of mediocrity. So y'all didn't get y'all on that one. But, you know, just wandering around and not really being purposeful. We don't want a purposeless faith, an aimless faith, a directionless faith. We want to be clear, concise, amen, like a laser beam targeted in what we do for this generation. Amen. So we said, you know something, we're going to be rejoicers. And what dropped in my spirit that was appropriate in, a, in, a, in an era, in an age, and in, uh, a, a, you know, our positioning on the planet, the most appropriate thing that people who are flourishing, thriving, and prosperous, the most important thing they can do is lavishly praise God. Rejoice in the Lord. Always. 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 And again, I say, Rejoice. Amen, somebody. So we crafted, you know, uh, an experience, an environment, and certain priorities that we're going to talk about the next few weeks. Amen? But what does it mean to rejoice? Well, it's got to mean to be glad, right? Happy. Are you happy in the house? If you're happy and you know it, amen. say amen. <laughs> you ought to be elated and excited. Amen, somebody. Uh, there ought to be related to this rejoicing, this joy, a feeling. It's okay to have a fuzzy feeling, but do we have rejoiceful actions, body language that depicts that that we are and have been extended favor. Amen. Do you recognize favor? Do you know a blessing when you see it? Because, matter of fact, when the Beatitudes, when they're talked about blessed are, you know, really it means happy are. Happy are those, you know. You know so when Jesus goes through the Sermon on the Mount, he's talking about being happy. He's talking about rejoicing. He's talking about being full of joy. He's talking about experiencing this favor and this blessing and being excited about the blessing and the favor that God has brought us. Do I delight, do I rejoice in the Lord? Amen, somebody. And if it's inward, it's got to get in here first, it's going to manifest itself outwardly. Starts in here. Is it in here or is it in you to rejoice in the Lord? Or do you have opposite expressions? Instead of gladness, sadness. Instead of being uh, elated and excited, you know, I'm just kind of melancholy and bluesy. Amen, somebody. Instead of acknowledging that I have favor, I'm, you know, I have lack. Amen, somebody. 
instead of acknowledging that I'm prosperous, I'm, I'm poor. You know, and poverty, outward poverty, starts with inward poverty. I'm poor first on the inside. Amen? But when God develops me on the inside, what's on the inside is going to exude outwardly. Amen? And so, 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 so do we have this spirit of rejoicing? Amen? The first text speaks to the resilience that a person has when they rejoice in the Lord, that they can make it even in the midst of difficult, uh, tough, even in times of famine, suffering, I can still make it. Amen, somebody. I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. What's more important, time or eternity? Amen. What's more important, time or eternity? Amen. You know, eternity sounds like a a longer period of time. They, they kin to each other, but, but one has the significance for forever. One is myopic and narrow. If we're just looking at the time that we spent in our view, our sights, our outlook and perspective is not eternal, is not eternal, then we are looking narrowly and we have a narrow focus about life and living. Amen, somebody. God wants to broaden our horizons, and it starts with our belief. Do you believe? Do you trust? Do you depend? Do you rely on God? Amen? Do you believe the Word of God? That's where it starts. That's the foundation. The foundation is the Word of God. The Word made flesh dwelling among us. That's Jesus. It's, it's, the foundation is Jesus. What did he say? What did he do? What did he espouse? What did he teach? How did he instruct? How did he counsel? How did he act? How did he behave? What was his disposition, his attitude, his temperament, his personality? What can we glean from studying Jesus? Amen? About our lives and what they should be like. How did he handle persecution? How did he handle disappointment? How did he handle rejection? How did he handle Unforgiveness. How did he handle being misinterpreted and misconstrued? How, how did he handle that? The Son of God. Amen. Misunderstood, mistreated, ultimately executed. And, you know, but we know the real story. He got the last word because he rose with all power in his hands. But we're not kin to Jesus if we don't have some resilience. We're not kin to Jesus if we don't have some ability to persevere in the midst of some persecution. We don't, we're not kin to Jesus, and that's what we're trying to get to, what Christ-likeness, right? We're not kin to him if you can't endure nothing. Amen. Amen? So how do I get that? Well, I got to have the fruit of the Spirit, and one of the fruits of the Spirit is joy. The power to rejoice. The power to rejoice can be ours. We got to just tap into the fruit of the Spirit. It's available to us. It's accessible for us when we're in faith, praise God. But we got to recognize that, that he's here. He's with us. And, and in us occupies the power of God. And greater is he that is in me than, is, than he that is in the world. So my enemy can't prevail. Satan and the demonic host cannot prevail. No human being can hold me back or hold me down. 
Amen? Because the power of God engages me on a different level. So I can rejoice in the Lord always. Amen? Do we have that ability? The book of Philemon, the seventh chapter, I mean, I'm sorry, Philemon 7, the seventh verse, for I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. You know, so rejoices are resilient, they're persevering, they're enduring, but they're also loving. Amen, somebody. He says, I've, I've derived much joy and comfort from your love. Amen. Your friendship, an environment that is friendly and, you know, gregarious and happy and joyful. Amen. I, you know, my prayer is that when people walk into this place, they'll experience a kind of love and kinship and friendship and a welcoming and openness and, you know, an embrace in the spirit from rejoicers who are ready to receive and accept and embrace those who come into these doors. Not just in these doors, coming to the doors of my homes, coming to the doors of my workspace, coming to the doors of my workplace, coming to the doors of my neighborhood. Wherever I reside, people ought to feel the joy. Amen? They ought to feel the hope. They ought to feel like this person has something on the inside working toward their disposition being different. Their outlook has changed. Their understanding what life is all about is different because they got this infectious, contagious joy. This joy that I have, the world, it didn't give it to me. And because the world didn't give it to me, I'm talking about stuff and things, possessions that seek to possess you. You know, it's because the world didn't give it to me. Status, positions, power. You know, because the world didn't give me my joy, the world can't give you joy. When, when the world is not the source of your joy, then the world can't take away your joy. Amen? My joy does not emanate from the world. It is not the source of my joy. I'm saturated by the joy of God because the joy of God has given me my strength. And the joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen? Why are you strong? Some of us think we're strong because I got a decent job, a decent education. Amen, somebody. You know, my ends are meeting. You know, things are, you know, okay. But, 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 but that won't give you joy. You can live in a palatial estate, a phenomenal mansion, and be empty in here. Amen, somebody. Be empty in here. You can be shallow, you know, mean-spirited, unhappy, sad, frustrated, you know, and, and have all the stuff that you want. But if you don't have joy, joy that emanates from God, joy that comes from God, 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 God kind of joy, and, and joyful about the things of God, I can't advance. I'm just stuck. Mm. And I don't want to be stuck. What about you? You're stuck if you can't give away love. Amen? You have a problem loving. You know, you have a problem smiling. Amen? You have a problem exhibiting joy. 
Amen, because it ain't really in here, because you, you frustrated, upset, depressed, stressed out about life and living. So life just got, got you by, by, like a noose around your neck. You just, you just, it tightens. You're strangled by life. God doesn't want you to be strangled by life. He wants you to be empowered and equipped to live your life and enjoy your life. What do you think this rejoicing is all about? It's about joy. You know, we're moaning and groaning and complaining and murmuring, you know, and we really don't have nothing that much to complain about, you know. I tell, tell the story about some, one time I was complaining with my brother about something was going on in my life. He was having a tougher time in his life, and then he, he said to me, boy, you, you, you're stoning me with marshmallows. You know, I'm like, man, come on now. Why are you going to go at me like that? We ain't supposed to compare and contrast. I went theological on him. Man's days are few and full of trouble. I got trouble. You got trouble. <laughs> Amen. But he was right. We got these marshmallows that we're hurling. Amen, somebody. And, and, and we're thinking, whoa, is me. Low is me. It's tough out here. <laughs> it's rough out here. Have mercy, Lord. And we like the cowardly lion and the wizard Oz. Just crying. And you got strength. You got overcoming power. The Word of God says that you're even more than a conqueror. What is more than a conqueror? I'm talking about Okay, it's all okay to be a conqueror, but how, how in the world do you get to be more than a conqueror? See, you're more than a conqueror when you, when you win. You, you know you're going to win before you even step in the ring. That, that, that's when you're more than a Like, this is a, this is a moot point. It, it ain't a, I already know I win. I already know I'm victorious. I already know I'm triumphant. I already know I'm the victor, praise God. I know this in my heart of hearts that I win, that we win, that we are victorious, that we are triumphant, praise God. That's more than a conqueror. You're satisfied because you know it's going to be all right. You know that God got your back. You know that God's looking out for you. You know that he's going to make a way somehow. You know that he's invited you to ask and it shall be given. Seeking you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. You know it. Yeah, there may be some delays and some obstacles, but you know that God will give you the power to have that spiritual GPS so that you can navigate the vicissitudes of life. The trauma, the trouble, the danger, the snares, the entrapments, you make it right through. You navigate. Amen, somebody. You make twists and turns and circles. You make a U-turn when necessary because God leads, guides, and directs. He does not leave his children blind. Amen. He wants us to be full of life and full of sight. We are fully sighted in Christ. Amen, somebody. So, rejoices are resilient. They persevere. They endure. They're loving and friendly. If, if, in 1 Corinthians 12, 26... It says, remember, don't, don't leave the, the scripture up the entire time. So, it's 26, it says, if one member suffers, all suffer what? Together. 
if one member is honored, what? All rejoice together. Amen. So if I rejoice, if I'm really a rejoicer, amen, I'm rejoicing. And I ain't just rejoicing by my stuff. Amen, somebody. I've told you before, you are limiting your joy quotient if all you can be happy about is your stuff. If you can't be happy about other people accomplishing things, other people getting to that perennial next level, other people, you know, having some things happen in their lives, then you're messing up your joy quotient. You need to learn how to be joyful for other people. You need to learn how to rejoice in what other people are accomplishing, what they're doing, what they're establishing, what they're achieving, their successes. Amen. Many of us, that's why we ain't happy, because all we're looking at is our own lives. We're sitting here looking over there. Oh, Lord, I, I'm further down. I ain't as far down the road as them. So envy and jealousy steps in, and it creeps in to start, start a, a, a discord and division. That's what envy and jealousy does. So, so, so it's, it's, it's an enemy to unity. Amen? You can't be unified until, until you learn how to rejoice. You know, if not, you're going to have a crab in the basket mentality. You know, other folk trying to get in, I'm going to try to make sure I taint their escape. They getting out, you know, they, they had it easier. You know, so just some ridicule, some nitpicking, some, 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 some persecution, some uh, negative, cynical mindsets about other people. We got to get rid of that if you want real joy. If you want real joy, you're happy for other people. If you want real joy, you're satisfied in the accomplishments of others. And say, well, how I get there, I, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't see that model. You know, folk around me was always talking about people. Amen. Well, what you need to do is, yeah, keep talking about people, but talking about them in the right way. You say, well, I, I, can't, I got it on us. Mom and them used to talk about people. Well, don't, well, change the script. Still talk about people, but talk about them in a positive way. Amen? And just squash the negativity. Squash the cynical mindset. Squash this, this nasty attitude that we can have toward other people and it's killing your own rejoice. You're shooting your own self in the foot. Amen, somebody? You know, it's, it can be something as simple. You know, we talk, my friend and I, we talk about this sometimes. Say, well, why people hate LeBron so? It could just be something as simple as changing your mindset toward an athlete that you don't like for some reason. People just hate T.O., you know, Terrell Owens and other, other just, just got this hate and just, you know, you know, whoever it may be. But you don't know what they've been through. You don't know what their life story is. Why not evoke some pity and concern and compassion as opposed to disdain and contempt? Amen? You know, the president. <laughs> Amen. Y'all need to learn how to love the president. President needs some love. Can I get a witness in the house? He really does need some love. Amen. He got bunches of hate. <laughs> he needs some love. Why not extend him? You don't know how he was brought up. He might have been brought up in a dark cave somewhere. You know, so give him some love. All I'm saying is learn to love. 
Learn to be compassionate. Learn to have some mercy. Even in extreme situations, the Word of God says that we ought to love our enemies. Well, well, well I don't want to be no doormat. No, I'm telling you, love always prevails. The engine for the civil rights movement was love. Love was the strategy for liberation. Love set folk free. Love broke down barriers. Love got rid of segregation. Love, love is empowering. Amen? So, so you, you, it's easier to hate than it is to love. Amen? It's harder to love because everybody ain't that lovable. Can I get a witness in the house? But that's who we're specially supposed to be loving on. The folk who don't seem like they deserve our love, we need to find a way to give love, to extend mercy, to extend grace, to rejoice in the Lord always, to rejoice with them, to suffer with them, to get in there with them, to honor them. Why? Because they're God's children. God loves everybody. Did you know that, that, that God loves everybody? So our belief, our belief fuels this understanding. Our belief helps us to have meaning in whatever stressful or traumatic situation we find ourselves in. We're able to see God in it. The text I quote many, many times is God is that, uh, you know, and all, all things work together for the good. Not that all things are good. All things work together for the good, for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. So you say, well, God, gotta, God can break bring terrible scenarios. It can be terrible situations, and God can birth something good out of it. Live long enough. You'll see it happen. You'll see it occur in your life where you thought this was for bad, but it actually was for good. You thought this downsizing was a trauma and a trouble that I had to go through, but then God had something better for me on the, on the other side. You thought my sickness was really this problem, but it wound up making me more reflective, more meditative, more prayerful, more full of faith, more full of hope, amen. It, it also gave me the ability to minister to other people when otherwise I would have been selfish, but now I'm reaching out. God has a reason for everything that we go through, amen. The question is, are you searching for the reason? Are you, are you pursuing the reason? Are you consulting with God and the Word of God to rejoice? In the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Romans 15, 12, 15, rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Amen? Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Hebrews 13, 17. Amen? So, so rejoices are responsive and compassionate. Responsive and compassionate. Amen, somebody. It's Hebrews uh, 13, 17. Obey your leaders. How come I can't get an amen on that one? <laughs> that was a strategic pause. <laughs> Obey your leaders. We ought to just stop right there. <laughs> Obey your leaders. And, whoa, 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 what did it say? And submit to them, for they are keeping watch over what? Your souls. Amen. For they are keeping watch over your souls as those who have to give an account. 
In other words, I got to give an account, and those in the leadership college of this church, we got to give an account, amen, for how we treat people, how we engage with people, whether, the, you know, how we allocate resources, all those, we got to give an account, amen, somebody. But that's, God, that's between, before God. Too often in the church culture, we're too engaged in being, uh, you know, overseers, amen, when God hadn't given us that charge. Amen. I think they call it micromanagement. Amen. Well, we, we think we could do it better. Or we see more. And so we're getting critical instead of supportive. Let them do this with joy. He's saying, my job, leaders' jobs, ought to be joyful experiences. Amen. And not with groaning. For that would be of no advantage to you. Amen, somebody. So what he's saying is, if you frustrate me, I can't even preach like I ought to preach because I'm frustrated. Amen, somebody. I'm agitated. I'm irritated. Amen, somebody. How am I going to preach? I can't have no joy because you're adding to my disposition being hard to break out. So make this a joyful experience for those in leadership, your small group leaders, other ministries in the life of the church. They ought to feel the joy. They ought to feel the love. Too many church communities are not concerned about joy and love and peace and, you know, making things, uh, you know, uh, a little bit easier for those who have the burden of leadership. Amen. You have no idea what it's like to be in my shoes. No idea. No idea. You remind me of the story I used to tell. I'm going to tell it again. <laughs> you know, a little boy and his dad said, we're going to get up early, four day in the morning. He told his son, we're going to get up four day, before day in the morning. We're going outside, and we're going to tear down that barn out there. Amen. So, so the boy got excited, a little bit overly excited. He got up even before his dad got up, went out there and started tearing up the barn. Amen. You know, and then his dad ran out there and said, no, no, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? He said, Dad, you said we're going to tear down the barn, you know, so I, I got started early. He said, son, you don't understand. He said, uh, I know where the pillars are, the structural beams are, you know. I, I know, how, you know what, what's interrelated and interconnected. You could hit one of those beams and that whole thing would fall down on your head. And somebody said, that's what leadership is like. They know where the beams are located. You can't see it if you're not a leader. Amen? See, the leader sees, sees a bigger picture. Amen? That's why God calls a few of them. Amen? If you think you know, all, know the whole story, know the whole, the whole picture, then you need to get into leadership. Become a leader. Go to seminary, Bible college. Amen, somebody. You know, get invested, involved, and, you know, I'll help you start your church. <laughs> Amen, somebody. Well, all I'm trying to say is there's too much micromanagement going on when there ought to be a, a joy, a spirit of joy. Not, not here in rejoice. We're just trying to make sure it's maintained at rejoice. A spirit of joy and a spirit of fellowship. Rejoices follow. Amen, somebody. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Amen, somebody. So, so, so and, and rejoices, participate 
in developing followers. So we expand the work of leadership. That's why the leadership value is so important to our church. That's why we have a school of leaders. That's why we empower people and equip people to be small group Bible study leaders. That's why people are involved in counseling and interpreting the Word of God and, 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 and visiting the sick. Not just me, but lay folk just getting out there and doing those kinds of things because rejoices are about expanding and exposing the leadership principle throughout you know that's why God led me he said hey give the church away let let it be more than just a few leaders let it be as many leaders as possible amen so our motto is moving toward that end anybody who want to be a leader you can be a leader Amen. We have a place for you. We have a space for you. We have something for you to do, and we want, and God wants you to become a disciple. That's teaching and being taught. That's investing and involving yourself in the work of the ministry. That's, that's being sacrificial in your willingness to give and to serve, praise God. That's volunteering. That's, that's getting involved, praise God. That's, that's making stuff happen. Amen. You know. Some folk think that, 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 that a gift of the Spirit is criticism. That is not one of the gifts of the Spirit. <laughs> or somebody say, oh, Lord, I'm in trouble. One of the gifts that's akin to it is discernment. Amen. But you know what you're supposed to do with discernment? The biggest responsibility that you have when you discern something is to pray. The gift of discernment should be coupled with the gift of prayer. Amen. Not criticism, not gossip. You know how some folk are expert gossipers? That's a misuse of your discernment. Did you see how she was looking when she came in the door? She, she was sad, melancholy, something going on. <laughs> Did you see how he looked? He looked mean. They must have been fussing on the way to church. Mm -mm. He, can't, he can't even raise his hand right now. Look at that. Lord have mercy. It must be trouble, big trouble in little China. Amen. Amen. Discernment is about prayer. So if you see a melancholy face, you discern something that's going on with somebody. You feel like somebody's sad or grieving or hurt. Amen. Pray. Amen. Feel. Care. Show compassion. Compassion is when you can get in the skin of somebody else. Realize that other people are hurting too. Praise God. And the more we realize that other people are hurting, and the more we can, we can get into their skin, the more God uses us. Amen. As followers of his. So, rejoices are good followers. Amen. Ecclesiastes 5, 19 and 20. Put that one up for us. It says, everyone also whom God has given wealth and possessions and power to enjoy them and to accept his lot and rejoice in his toil, this is a gift of God. In other words, God the one who provides for you. God the one who supplies provisions and, you know, these nice big screen televisions, <laughs> you know, the, the, the different inter, entertainment sources. Enjoy, he said, enjoy your life. But this is what he also says, enjoy your work. Look, look at, look, the scripture says, his lot. He says, uh, uh, 
that for he is, will not much remember the days of his life. But, I'm sorry, the text before. Give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning. For the world, for, for that would be of no advantage to you. So, and then for he is, will not much remember the days of life. So his toil and to accept his lot and rejoice in his toil. Some of us, we ain't going to get no joy until we learn how to get some joy in the job. Let me say that one more time. Ain't going to have no joy until you learn how to be joyful on the job. Job is just drudgery. Job is just upsetting. Job is just a tough experience. Job, I got to run around these negative people. I got to deal with all that. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. You got coworkers like that. That's, that's their attitude. Everything's bad. Everything negative. If you ain't going to have no joy, if you don't get no joy in the job. Yeah, so, so you're saying, well, what am I going to do with this person that's really kind of getting on my nerves? you got to learn how to check you. You can't do nothing about that person. But you can do something about your reaction to that person. Amen? You, got, you can't do nothing about that negative person on the job, but you can do something about your reaction to that negative person on the job. Your, your, bo job, your boss is unfair. Well, you can't do nothing about an unfair boss, but you can lift him up in prayer. And you can do something about your response to that negative, unfair boss. And tell you, I tell you right now, and God can handle them. God can handle it. Put it in God's hands. Pray without ceasing so that you can respond the right way at the right time. And you be, can be strategic in how you respond to people. Amen. So my out, outlook has to be positive. I, I got I to gotta, I gotta ask God to... Help me to be a good follower and a good worker and a good, uh, good co-worker, praise God. Help me to be resilient. Amen. And one of the ways that you become resilient, and I'm almost finished, is that you find other people who are also resilient. Sometimes we're just hanging around a few of the wrong people. We need to get next to the right people. People that can handle their work with, with joy. People, people that get on your nerve because they're always smiling. They're always smiling. What they got to smile about? You need to find out what they got. Amen, somebody. They got something. Amen, somebody. And they got something you need. They always got, they always looking fresh and, you know, look like they're excited to be here. And how they, how they get that attitude? You need, to, you need to rub up next to them. You need to get, that's contagious. You need to figure out how do I get some of this joy? How do I get some of this peace? How do I get some of this hope? How do I get some of this love? How do I get some of this compassion? How do, how do I get some smiles on my face so that I can rejoice in the Lord always? And again, I say, rejoice. Amen, somebody. So, so I got I to gotta find, some, find some folk that I can take some cues from someone who has been especially resilient. Amen. You're going through a tough time, you need to find somebody else who's been through a tough time. And they're going through it and it came out on the other side so you can find out from their testimony that it's possible for me to be an overcomer as well. I can make it through. I can make it over. I can make it out to the glory of Almighty God. So God gives me power and strength. To make it through. Amen, somebody. So, so I got to be in that place. Matthew 18, 13. 
And this is one we really need to work on. We got to get this. I think some of the other attributes we do pretty good on, but we can get stronger in this area. Matthew 18, 13, and if he finds it truly, I say to you, he rejoices over it more than over the 99 that never went astray. What he's talking about, this is, a, this is the parable of uh, the loss, the lost coin, the lost son, and this is a section about the lost sheep. So you got a hundred sheep, shepherd has a hundred sheep, he notices, you know, he, he counts it out and he determines that one is missing. One, one, is, one is missing. I got 99. One is missing. So I go, leave the 99 to go after the one. I leave the 99, that lost sheep that's been, you know, people don't, in many instances, intend to get lost. You know, they just start nibbling and walking, nibbling and walking, nibbling and walking, nibbling and walking, walking and nibbling, walking and nibbling, until they just nibble their way into lostness. They didn't mean to get lost. They were just kind of moving and grooving to the lights of the city. They flowed with the jam and the groove. Amen. Next thing you know, they're worldly, in the world. Amen. And far from God. God wants us to go get the lost. The last, the least, the folk who also are lost and loving it. Amen. But in that little oasis that they found, a little bit of a pasture, one of the things that a sheep does not have is the ability to find food consistently. And they have a poor sense of direction. So they can go to flowing water one day, move away from that water. They need to be directed again by the shepherd to find flowing water. They also can't differentiate between the good food and the bad food, the healthy food and the poisonous food. So they need the shepherd to pull them back and say, that's unhealthy, that's poisonous, amen. That's detrimental, that's dangerous, that's hurtful, that's harmful, amen. We need a shepherd to show us the way, to, to, to allow us to delve into the word to understand what's right, what's wrong, what's good, what's bad, what's righteous, what's unholy, amen somebody. So I need the direction of the shepherd to keep me in green pastures. I need the direction of the shepherd to help me go through the valley of the shadow of death and fear no evil, to help me get past the predators and help me get past the dangers that are out there, praise God, so I can live this life. So we want folk in the fold so that they can be equipped. We want folk in the fold so that they can learn. We want folk in the fold so they know how to avoid danger. We want folk in the fold so that they can get exposed to the Word of God. And the Word of God is a light unto the pathway. It lights it up for them. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. And then lastly, I'm going to end on this. I'm not, I got more message than time today, but I'm about finished. So we're assets in the workplace, we're seekers, we're finders, we're bringers. We're seekers, we're finders, we're bringers. We bring people to Christ and to his church. We bring people to Christ and to his church. We bring people, say it with me. We bring people, say it with me. We bring, some of y'all lips ain't moving. We bring people, we bring people. Come on, let's give God a shout for that. Mm -hmm. 
Then Psalm 100, verse 1, it says, make a joyful noise. Amen. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. In Scripture, I didn't go through these Scriptures today, but there are Scriptures that's talking about the mountains praising God and the valleys praising God and the deserts praising God and the, the foliage and the trees praising God. And in one instance, Jesus even said to his disciples, look, if you, don't, if you withhold your praise, the rocks are going to cry out. Inanimate objects. Amen. Give glory to God. So if a rock, a tree, a stone, a valley, a desert, a sea, amen, a seashore can give praise to God, how much more so? The most intricate creation that he's made, the most developed creation that he put together, amen, how phenomenal we are. We are blessed and designed. These minds of ours, these hearts of ours, this, these abilities of ours. He, he said, be fruitful and multiply and for us to be involved in creation. And look what God has allowed us to do in humanity, creating and building and striving and creating, you know, cyber highways and creating, you know, little flip things that you open up and you can talk to somebody in Europe all the way from Orlando. Look what God has done how we penetrated the airways and how we penetrated the stratosphere. Which, look what God has done through us, his creation. And this is what he says. I just want you to give me honor, praise, glory. I just want you to give me honor, praise, and glory. I just want you to make a joyful noise. I want you to rejoice in me. I want you to get excited about me. I want you to glorify me. I want you to magnify me. I want you to lift holy hands. I want you to open up your mouth and give a shout of praise. I want you to honor me and glorify me. I want you to rejoice in the Lord. I want you to make a noise, a joyful noise. The Word of God says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Say so. God been good to you. You ought to open up your mouth and say, thank you. God bless you. You ought to open up your mouth and say, much obliged. We appreciate you, God. God opened doors that no man can shut. You need to recognize those doors and acknowledge him for who he is and what he's done. God has been good, and he continues to be good. He is always good. He's on time. God is. So we got to be ready to honor him. We got to be ready to praise him. We got to be ready to charge the environment with excitement and enthusiasm. We got to be elated and excited about what God has done and what God is doing, praise God. Give God some glory. Give God some praise. Magnify his holy name. Won't you stand all over the house? I want to invite somebody today to make a decision to rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Always. And again, I say, rejoice. Rejoice in him for he's worthy. Make a decision today. Step out on faith. Come forward in his name. Let him have his way in, through, and around you today. Connect with the community that God is building. The church of Jesus Christ, his bride. That's the object of affection. His body. Who doesn't take care of their body? He wants us to be a part of his body. He says, I'm knocking on the door of your heart. Maybe you already know him. Now you just need a church home. 
but then there may be somebody who needs to receive him. So we invite you to receive him today, to acknowledge him in public today. Amen. Turn to somebody near you and say, I invite you. They don't matter if they're already connected. I invite you. Turn to somebody else. I invite you. In other words, it's not just my invitation. It is our invitation. We invite you to come. We invite you to make a decision. We invite you to move forward. We invite you in the name of Jesus Christ to get connected. You don't have to feel a certain way. You just make a decision. As you move out, amen, he'll move with you. So we're going to worship for a few moments, and you are invited to come. Jesus. Praise him. He's a name above all names. Redeemer. Risen conqueror. Jesus, Jesus. He's a name above all names. He's risen from the dead. You're the lifter of my head. I call you Jesus. That's because your name is above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee must bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. There's nobody greater. There is nobody stronger. No name higher than the name of Jesus. No name higher. No name higher. No name higher. No name is higher. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Bow your heads all over the house.